0: It's the only place we can go for refuge today is to the Lord. And I'm thankful He's a good refuge and a good rock for us. Um, If you have your Bibles and want to read along, I'll ask you to turn to Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter number 2. I will try to be brief. I know we've got a big day ahead of us and services ahead of us. Um, and I'm I don't have a lot of strength left in me, but I'll give you what I've got. But you pray for me. Um, I sort of had a hard time this week getting settled um, on what to preach. Now, I really enjoyed our Sunday school this morning and may bring out part of that um, in here as well. But Colossians chapter 2, I do desire your prayers. Um, this is Paul writing uh, one of the prison epistles we believe. I mean, I yeah. Amen. 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 Bless you, Sister Cadence. Appreciate that. Somebody else, all right? Um, one of the prison epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote, um, and he starts out in chapter two: "For I would not, for I would, that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and as for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all." riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom, uh, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, enjoying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, wherein wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead." And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Isn't that wonderful? Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I'm going to stop right there. As I was thinking this week and and trying to ask the Lord what direction to, to go in, and I thought about Veterans Day and, and how that we've already celebrated our veterans here and we have a day set aside, uh, 11-11 at the 11th hour of the 11th month, the 11th day. Uh, supposedly, uh, the war to end all wars came to an end. And, and we know that as long as mankind is in the world, there will be conflicts one with another. And, and so perfect peace will never reign on earth uh, until the day that the Lord comes and calls us away. And, uh, and, but we're living in a time when, uh, when quite honestly we need to realize uh, the, the battles that we're fighting. And you've heard me, it seems like I've had that one word, battle. On my mind for for a few months now, and and uh, I thought about the scripture to uh, when the Lord said, "Lift up your eyes into the harvest; of the field. they're white and they're ripe and they're ready to harvest." But then He said, "Pray that you uh, that the Lord would send forth laborers in His harvest." And I thought about that uh, just a moment ago, and and uh, oh, how God! Uh, uh, you see, He doesn't need us as far as anything because He's God, but. Uh, but he allows us to uh, to serve him, and to, he allows his. His fallible creation to uh, to every once in a while uh, fall into the spirit uh, and let the spirit of a holy God fall upon us, uh, and then he uh, we're soldiers when we become saved by the grace of God, and uh, we're immediately put and pressed into a battlefield. And uh, and I'll be honest, when I was saved, I had no idea the battles that I would fight along the way, but. Uh, but, uh, uh, but the battle is always there. And I thought about these veterans, how that uh, they have literally put their livelihood uh, on the line. And they, uh, they were in, in covenant one with another. And, and they would uh, uh, protect one another. And, and they would defend what we believe in uh, here in America and what's made us great. Uh, over the years uh, is our faith and our stronghold in in God above uh, and they would protect their freedoms Uh, and I thought about how uh, they deserve our utmost respect and admiration uh, and the many battles that they fought and I've heard it said uh, spiritually speaking that I want to die on the battlefield Uh, in other words I want to die being found faithful to this cause Uh, I thought about those who have been before us Uh, have been reading a lot uh, lately about our forefathers, uh, about those who held to this way. Uh, I said Wednesday night, uh, how we were talking, uh, and a lot has been said in the last week or two about Martin, Martin Luther. And I'm not disparaging that man or his faith or anything like that, uh, but don't ever let anybody tell you uh, that Baptists are Protestants. We're not. Uh, we, we don't adhere to Luther's teaching. How uh, We were preaching uh, the Word of God uh, 1,500 years. Before he was born, Amen. we didn't come out of that mess. Uh, uh, we were always uh, a separated people, not always by the name of Baptist, but we were always a uh, persecuted people. Uh, we were called Anabaptists, and it was a it was a derogatory term uh, that uh, and we were persecuted. I've been reading a lot in the trail of blood, uh, and do you know, uh, to the tune of around 50 million of our people were slaughtered. Fifty million Baptists were slaughtered in the name of religion. We've come under persecution from everything. From the world. From our own people. From Christians. Other faiths. They have persecuted this way. And it's been a fight uh, and it's been a battle and 50 million lay in their graves, uh, martyred in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, Martyred because uh, we as Baptists don't believe in a baptismal regeneration, uh, that we don't believe in an infant baptism. We believe that you must be born again and then baptized. We were persecuted for that. And so there's been battles fought down through the ages, and uh, there have been hard battles. Uh, I thought about David as that great champion of Goliath that uh, uh, came out under the battlefield uh, for forty days and forty nights. He stood there. Uh, they were uh, Israel was on one mountain, uh, and the Philistines were on the other. And that great big champion would walk out uh, and defy the armies. Of the God of Israel. For forty days he did that. Until a young boy by the name of David said, Is there not a cause that somebody should go? I want you to understand today how we're fighting a great foe in the world that we live. We were talking in Sunday school about how about how that we as Baptists Bible believing Baptists maybe have grown lax uh, in our disciplinary actions. uh, And there'll be some of that uh, that's going to have to come uh, to a head before very long. And quite frankly, it probably should in a lot of places. But there's a battle. We don't understand the battle, and maybe that we're fighting, but as I look out and I see these little children nestled in the arms of Mama right now, there's gonna come a day and that little boy and girl's gonna be lost. They're going to need the Gospel. They're going to need it in its pure form. But the giant that we face is a giant we were talking And I'm not talking about how you voted. But there is a spirit, an evil spirit, that has plagued us and it's standing there in the form of LBGDQ. And you name it and it's there. You name it. We talk about that. We're not often talking about fornication and adultery. That's just as big of a monster in our churches, anyway. Amen. It sure is. And it's going to have to stop. You see, the time has come that we're going to have to make a choice. The time has come that God that God is going to depend upon His children to stand. You see, we were talking Wednesday night. There's coming a day. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but I sure have. But the Apostle Paul says that in those last days, in those last days, that God Himself will send men strong delusion, Then they'll believe the lie. And rather than believe the truth, that they might be saved. And so delusion has been in our land. And men are believing that delusion. And they're believing lie. But see, the day will come when the Holy Ghost that has a restraining hand upon the sin of this world, there'll be a time when He that led us will let. And God will begin to withdraw that. And my friends, it's that time that we're in. We're facing that right now. And so we need people on the battlefield. And I thought about how David went. And he said, "He said I've already attended my father's sheep. And he said, a, a bear came out. And I killed the bear. And a lion came out. And I grabbed him by his beard. And I killed the bear. And I killed the lion. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be no different than David. And they tried to arm him with everything. They tried to arm David with armor. And he said, I've not tested these. I've not tried them. But is there not a cause? that somebody needs to go and face this giant?" I would say to you, church, you look at these little ones. And you tell me, is there not a cause? Amen. Is there not a cause that God's people should stand today? And I'm not talking about uh, literally fighting in the streets, uh, although it may come to that at some point. I'm talking about just uh, uh, firmly uh, making our stand and saying unashamed, Uh, this is what we believe as Baptists. This is what we believe. And so it is that God will soon call upon his church. I want you to understand today. We go. David went out. He said, is there not a cause? And he went out. And the Bible said, and he ran toward that Philistine. And he grabbed him five smooth stones. He only needed one. But Goliath had four brothers. I guess maybe he thought they'd come into that battle. But he grabbed one those stone. And as he was running toward Goliath, and Goliath laughed and he mocked and much the way the world laughs at us today. And saved. He said, "He said, I'm a man of war from my youth. And you sent to me just this little dog with his little stick. And David said, you come to me with your army. He said, I come to thee in the name of the God of the army of Israel that you have defiled. And he grabbed his little sling and he sunk it deep into the forehead of that giant. And that giant's failed. I want you to know today the battle that we're fighting, how we will be victorious in it. I want you to understand how that little church, you know, when, when Nehemiah built the wall back, Sanballat came and he said, what do these feeble little Jews? They're just building this wall of rocks to tear it down. And so the world looks at the church Do you know why they look at the church the way they do? Because quite honestly, the church has not exercised the power and the authority that He did. And so the moment we begin to stand, our foe will see that we're not weak after all. You see, a lot of people point to uh, to the day. There's coming a day uh, when the world religion. The apostle Paul said, "Don't get caught up in vain philosophies and traditions of man." That's why the church at Colossi was facing vain traditions and philosophies, traditions of man. The apostle Paul said, "You put that all out of your mind and stand sure upon that blood covenant." He thought, thought about a battle. I thought about the battle we're fighting. That we're not fighting this battle alone. We're fighting it just as David did in the name of the God that this world has defied. And so we come out with nothing but the Word of God and nothing but the promise of God. But that's enough. The Apostle Paul went on to tell this church at Colossae, uh, Dad, uh, let me just uh, go back and read that real quick. Uh, he said, uh, uh, "He said, uh, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us." That means that our sins, uh, Satan. I want you to understand. Uh, and God help me with this. Uh, uh, he fought the greatest battle that the world has ever seen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, uh, from the moment He was born. You see, Satan is in the dark. God never had a had a a meeting of His hierarchies and His archangels, and said, "This is the plan of salvation." But they just watched it unfold. I believe that it said the angels desire to look into those things. So when Jesus Christ was born, and the angels recognized Him, and they lit up the sky and begin to sing praises unto one who was just about that long. But as soon as they did that, as soon as they said unto you this day, in the city of David is born a Savior. You know what that did? The devil perked his ears up. He realized that Genesis 3.15 was being fulfilled. He realized that that is the promised seed of the woman. So from the time that Jesus was born in this earth, The devil got in league with Herod and they tried to kill him as a baby. He was in a battle from the moment of his birth. And through the foreknowledge and forewarning of God, He sent them off into Egypt land until the time that should come that Herod was dead and it was safe to return. And they returned and he grew up in Galilee. Now this lowly Galilean, he fought battles all of his life. And when it came time to start his public ministry, he walked down the Jordan River and was baptized of John the Baptist. And the Bible says he was then driven out into the wilderness. Where he was tempted for 40 days and for 40 nights he ate no food. He resisted the devil's temptation. and You see, the devil came in him. What does that mean? Blotting out those ordinances. Uh, Satan came against our Lord with the law of God. And he kept the law. So our sins, everything that those commandments accuse us of, that we're guilty of, if you've been born again, they have been nailed to the tree. And blooded us. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying you don't need these traditions of men. Your sins, the handwriting that was against you, now it's took away. We ought to rejoice in that. But listen to what else he says. He says, And having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Boy, I like that. And you know what that means? Now that means is last week, we, and I'm going to hurry. And God help me, we we celebrated the Lord's supper last week. And as you know, when He instituted that supper, He rose up probably about midnight. After he explained to the disciples, I've got to leave here. and The Son of Man is fixing to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. And about midnight, he left that supper and he started off toward the Mount of Olives, toward that olive press. And my friends, here was the battle of the ages. It was all coming down to this. And at different times in his life, he would walk out. He would heal the sick. He would save the lost and raise the dead. And the Jews tried to kill him. They tried to stone him with stones. Tried to push him off the top of a mountain. But every time, he walked right in their midst. He said, my time has not yet come. And he escaped their hands. But on this faithful day, his time had come. He told His own disciples, Now is the judgment of this world. That now is the hour of darkness. And He rose up from the table. And He started off toward that olive press. And the Bible says He got there. And the first blow of that arch enemy that came crashing down. And it was a blow so heavy he drove our Savior to his knees. Now, what do you mean, preacher? I mean you can read it. Hey, you you can you can discern the outside. How that he said he went off from the stones cast, and he bowed down and he began to pray. Why? It's because of the demons and the devils and all of hell was loose that day. I believe that. I believe the lead was rolled back of the pit. And I believe the demons that had been waiting for that day, snarling and hungry, the Bible says they were bulls of Bashan that could pass him about. And so the first blow struck, and our Savior went to his knees, and he began to call out, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thine be done." He got up from that battle, and the Bible said he was there in great bloody sweat as blow after blow of that enemy rained down upon him and our Savior began to understand how what sin is all about as he began to fill himself up not with his own sin, but with the sin of everybody. Now, as sin began to be laid upon him, it drove him to his knees in a bloody sweat. And the, the, the great Father above told the angels, You go down and you comfort my son. And the Bible said the angels came and ministered unto him. He got up off of his knees in the Garden of Gethsemane. And from that point on, he was steadfast. And unmovable on his way to the cross. Uh, the second blow came in the form of a kiss uh, from his uh, professed friend, uh, Judas' chariot. And that blow rained down. And that had to hurt. He was a familiar friend. Uh, one that betrayed him. And so that blow came. And now he finds himself in front of Pilate. And he was scourged. Blow after blow was rained down upon him. It was the greatest battle. And no doubt, heaven and earth was appalled. If you understood spiritually what was happening then, my friends, you'd be in shock. Yet have been waiting with bated breath. Uh, what's going to become? It's the hour of darkness now. And the Bible said He was then nailed on the cross. and uh, Nailed to the tree and suspended. Uh, earth forsook Him and lifted Him up. Uh, heaven itself was dark against Him. as blow after blow rained down upon the Son of God. What's going to happen? You can read about it physically and know that torture that He went through. But the real battle was not of the flesh. Now, the real battle, as He hang up on the tree, I was in order for mankind to be saved. He had to die on the cross. And so the battle raged. And I believe all of hell came against our Lord on the cross. I believe that those demons circled Him. People were spitting on Him. People were saying, if you're really Christ, come down from that cross in the midst of all the demons about Him. And my friend, He let forth a battle cry. And He said, I thirst." And the battle had wore Him out. And the battle had made Him thirsty. But then that great battle cry. When He began to cry out, it is finished. That was the victory. When He said those words, the Bible says right here, "All oh, principal Jesus, and all powers of hell, He made a show of them. He triumphed them. He spoiled them. What does that mean? In those days, those Roman soldiers, after a battle, they would they would pile up the kings that they had defeated. And they would gather all the loot and all the booty that they had, that they had accumulated. And they would walk down through the streets. And people would cry out for them and admire them. And that's what Jesus Christ had did on the cross. He took every blow that Satan struck him with. And he said, it's finished. And by saying that, what did he do? What does it mean he divided the spoil with the strong in Isaiah's writing? It means he, he took the sting out of death. It means he took care of that. It means now a death to the believer has no sting. He divided that spoil with us. And so He's fought the greatest battle that has ever been on this earth. He fought it. And He won. He, he made a show of them openly. And they couldn't stand against Him. Now He's gone on to be with the Father. And the fight is still His fight, but it's through His people. And so today, if we expect to have any Gospel to be handed down to this generation, We were talking in Sunday school. The day is coming. The day is coming. You listen. The day is coming when churches and pastors and deacons are going to be charged and brought before a court of law for the things that we believe to be true. That day is approaching. You need to back your men of God. Wherever you go to church at, if they're preaching the truth, if the deacons are upholding the truth, you need to back them up. Amen. They are fighting for you. It's a battle. It's already been won at Calvary. But we've got a great Goliath in front of us. There is a spirit, an evil, foul spirit, uh, that is that is affecting who? It's affecting mainly our why is that? that? Because that spirit has been indoctrinated into them. Through school, through teachers, through television, through books, through cartoons, and you name it. and They're getting dose of that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wouldn't you think it would be important that on Sunday they hear something altogether different? to I'm thankful for my grandma. She took me to church when nobody else did. Mom and dad were good, don't get me wrong. They just didn't go to church when I was young. They didn't make it a priority when I was real young. And I don't. I'm not. I love my mom and dad. I love them to death. But now the truth is, uh, it was Granny that carried me. It was Granny that uh, that taught me every night to pray. It was her lies that Brother David mentioned in Sunday school, or Brother Reggie, and they were talking, Brother Randy, rather, and they were talking, and Brother Randy mentioned about the lies. You don't understand. We say, why? Why do they believe what they believe? Why do they believe that you can be a boy today, and a girl tomorrow, and then a boy the next day? I didn't ever hear such. Why do they believe? And he had the perfect access. They are blinded by the God of this world. Yeah.
1: And not anything
0: that me or you will say It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to lighten their eyes that they might see that great need. To be saved. And that goes for every life. So why is it important? Because the Holy Ghost that comes through the church. That's why we've got to fight. Because without a fighting church, The Holy Ghost cannot operate. He operates through His people. And so, the time has come that we must make a stand. That we must absolutely... You read the trail of blood. You read about how men die. We sang that song a while ago. As He he died to make men holy, let us live or die to make men free. I said it at the beginning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We have liberty in America because the Spirit of the Lord is here. We have freedom because the Spirit of the Lord is here. You remove that. There is no liberty anymore. And so we thank our veterans that fought to preserve it. We ought to thank our forefathers that established these churches. We ought to thank God for each one of them. All of those that traveled from Pennsylvania, Virginia, down through the hills of Tennessee, up through Kentucky, be thankful. They died that we could do this today. Amen. And so, I don't know what we've been going over our articles on Wednesday nights. We're finished with that now. Why? Why are we Baptist? I believe we're part. We're part of that number of the Lord's Apostles. I really do. Amen. I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. I wasn't saved in a Baptist church. I've got many friends that have been saved that are Baptist. But I'm saying let's adhere to these old ways that we believe. Amen. Paul said don't get caught up in vain deceit and philosophy of men, traditions of men. That's what will kill a church. You stand on the crucified and resurrected Son of God for salvation and repentance and belief to be saved. My friends, we've got a Gospel that desperately needs to be handed down. This world needs the light of the church more than it ever has in my life. He needs soldiers. He needs veterans. People that will wear the scars. The Apostle Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he did. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten five times with stripes. He bore in his body. What do you? Do you bear in your body the world's not going to like you. That's all right. Jesus said, I don't expect them to. My friend, there's a rest and a reward for His people. But that's not today. Today, we need to be fighting. Amen. We need to be fighting. That's my message. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a help to somebody come ahead with a song, brother.